Welcome to the Roto World Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Alfieri, and joining me again this week, uh, as he does every week, is the senior writer and editor of Roto World Hockey, Michael Finewax. Michael, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing there, Joey? Doing well, Michael. Plenty of action uh, around the NHL, so that's always fun uh, to follow along for myself and the rest of the crew uh, at Roto World. So let's jump right into it, Michael. Devastating injury news out of Winnipeg, uh, where uh, Patrick Laine was crushed by Jake McCabe of the Sabres uh, last week. Uh, it came out that uh, it is a concussion, no timetable for his return. Uh, that's a tough one for the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Liney's been absolutely sensational this year. Um, well, I wouldn't give him the Calder, as we discussed a couple weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was right in there, and he deserves to be talked about because he's still got 21 goals and 16 assists. He's having an absolutely spectacular year. There's just other players who are better, I think. Slightly better, anyway. Concussions are a tough one. He, you know, he can be out a couple, a couple games or a week or two weeks, or it could be like Clark MacArthur, where it's a couple seasons. You know, you just don't know. I, I hope this is his first concussion, and he hasn't had one in the past that was undiagnosed or that we don't know about, because that's a little easier to come back from. But you just never know with uh, the brain, and you never know. Every person's different. And it's just a tough, tough injury to get. So, right. So none of us can predict, you know, how he's going to respond. Uh, Paul Maurice had mentioned uh, on Sunday that he was in good spirits, that he was watching the practice, he was smiling, laughing. Uh, but again, you know, we don't know. But the thing is, is you know, even if it's in a standard league, he, his numbers are up to par. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was on pace to score over 40 goals, uh, over 82 games and uh, over 70 points. So I think for right now, I think you don't panic and you just kind of wait it out, right? Because, you know, like we said, concussions are unpredictable, but his production is there and you don't want to cut ties too early. No, no. I mean, in fantasy hockey, you never panic. Uh, the worst thing you can do is panic in any situation. Uh, if you're in a keeper league and you think you got a real good shot to win it, maybe he's the guy to trade right now because someone's going to want him for next year and the following year. And... It's a good time because you can probably get a lot for him, and he's not helping you right now. I think that's the only circumstance I would trade him in. If it's a one-year league, there's no way I would trade him. Right, and so we meant also uh, Paul Maurice mentioning that the majority of his minutes um, will be given to, while he's out, will be given to Drew Stafford. Drew Stafford, a guy who scored 20 goals a few times in his NHL career, not a very good season this year. I think he's got like seven points in 28 games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Drew Stafford is going to be able to play, or he's going to get some minutes um, with the Nikolai Ehlers, and he's going to get some minutes um, with Mark Shifley on that top line. Is this a stock that you're buying right now? Right now, yes. But as you know, uh, coaches change their minds all the time. And yeah, first line one week, he could be, or one shift and you can be on the fourth line the next shift uh stafford has some good pedigree he's averaged you throw out the lockout year and he's averaged 19 goals a year over four or five years and there's nothing wrong with that uh the problem with stafford is winnipeg has a lot of good players good young players who passed them so whereas he was a top six forward the past couple of years he's no longer in that situation and his minutes drop he, he drops to probably about 13 and a half minutes right now. And that's just that's just life in the NHL. You know, one one week you're, or one year you're a first liner, and the next year you're, you're trying to hang on. 
So, I mean, you're look, you mentioned, Michael, about 13 and a half minutes per game. It's down um, over the last couple of years uh, in Winnipeg. It's been over 17 and a half. You know, Lion is averaging over 18. So you'd have to assume if Maurice says that Stafford's going to get those minutes, we're talking about some minutes on the power play as well. Uh, again, I think this is a guy that you maybe add, you're looking at him short term until Line A comes back because once Line A does come back, um, if it isn't, you know, as you know, that serious of a concussion or or, or whatnot, um, I think it's, it's a guy. You know, Stafford's a guy you can forget about. But in the short term, do the Jets score enough? Or playing with Shifley and Ehlers, does it warrant uh, a, a pickup in, in standard leagues? I think maybe in deeper leagues it does. Uh, but like you mentioned, that's the scary thing is that you know he's not having a very good year offensively. His minutes are down. But if he continues to underperform. I mean, Paul Maurice is just, you know, he'll, he'll demote him back and he'll give somebody else an opportunity. So I think it's just something you kind of have to balance and it's it's a wait-and-see approach. Because um, for me, I don't think Stafford's a slam dunk. No, no, for sure he's not a slam dunk. I mean, with three goals and four assists, how could he be a slam dunk? But he's going to get the opportunity. He's going to get the first opportunity. And, you know, if he performs, he'll be there. If he doesn't perform, they'll put him back on the fourth line and give somebody else the chance. The thing, the thing about Stafford is if he plays really well and he clicks with Ehlers and Shifley, when Liney comes back, they might not want to switch. You know, they might want to split up some of the goal scoring and put him on a different Liney on a different line. It, I mean, it just makes sense uh, if he can get a guy like Little to get the puck to him. You know, it, things change, and you know the, the old adage that you know you shouldn't lose your job because of an injury. Uh, things change. Things change in sports now. You can lose your job through an injury, and you know I'm not saying that Patrick Lyon is going to be a fourth liner, but they can spread out the scoring a little bit if Drew Stafford plays with these two guys. And, and what, yep, sorry, Michael, go ahead. I'm sorry. What Stafford? He might not. He might lose his power play time when when Liney comes back a couple minutes. But again, if if he really clicks with these guys, you just you never ever know. So you take a chance on him right now. If it doesn't work out, you take a chance on somebody else next week or the week after. And uh, speaking of uh, some changes, if we can just uh, just shift gears here, uh, Zach Parise, Michael, Minnesota Wild, uh, he missed a couple of games uh, near the end of December with an illness. Uh, since he's been back, though, uh, I know that uh, there's been some movement on that top line with Minnesota. Uh, we're talking about Eric Stahl, Parise, and I think Niederreiter's been on there um, for the last couple of games. Um, Parise, since coming back from that illness, Michael, uh, picked up a point in, or at least a point, in five of the six games. And uh, during that span, you're looking at seven points uh, in those six games. Uh, so Parise's worked out well. I think we know about Eric Stahl, who's been up and a little down at times this season, but he's worked out well for the most part. But with Niederreiter, uh, how do you see each one of those guys, their fantasy values for that trio uh, going forward here if, they, if that line does stay intact? Well, if it stays intact, it's a real good line. Um, Stahl has been terrific this year. Parise hasn't been, but he's re- as you said, he's really been picking it up of late. And Niederreiter went fifth overall uh, you know, a bunch of years ago. Uh, the Islanders gave up on him. Minnesota traded for him. Uh, they gave up Clutterbuck, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. He's a pretty good hockey player. He scored 23 goals one year. It's you know it's not like he's a slouch. It's not like he's uh, all of a sudden this guy who scores six seven goals. They're throwing up on the top, throwing him up on the top line. 
he can play the game, and he's capable of he's capable of scoring twenty five goals with uh with Dahl and Greasy. Maybe not the, this year because he's only half the season's gone already, but he's a capable goal scorer. Uh, another guy, if we can go to uh, Boston now, Michael, just shift over. Patrice Bergeron, uh, like Parise, a guy who got off to a very slow start. Uh, you know, he's played a lot of minutes the last few years, uh, whether it be uh, internationally, uh, at the Olympics, at the World Cups, and, and with the Boston Bruins. Uh, obviously, a guy that they really rely on. But again, uh, he's a guy going for just 30 points this season. But you look at what he's done in the last couple of games. Um, and he too, he's really starting to produce. He's got three points in his last three games. Uh, he's picked up points, or at least a point, in four of the last six. Is this a turnaround? Are you buying it here? Because Patrice Bergeron, I mean, you know, he's a very good two-way player, but he's capable of putting up points. Uh, last year was a 68-point season, scored 32 goals. So I don't think he's fallen off the face of the earth, but is the fantasy stock back to maybe, or is it getting slowly getting back to where it should be? It's getting back. It, it should, it's not where everyone drafted him, for sure, because I'm sure he was a high fourth or fifth round pick, you know, and that's pretty good with, with a center. Uh, I I don't know. I'm not a, I don't think Bergeron deserves – I mean, he should be on somebody's roster for sure in, in every league, except maybe the shallowest of leagues. And, you know, if two or three people are playing and you have a real shallow pool. But... <laughs> Yeah, you could be on someone's team in in ninety nine percent of the leagues, and you just got to live with it. It's there's nothing you can do if he slumps, if he, you know, if he gets hot. There's nothing you can absolutely do about that. You just have to live with it. Uh, guys panic and they'll trade him, and then he'll, you know Bergeron or a player of his ilk will get hot, and you know, I mean, if you're on the other end of the trade, you live for those things. Uh, He's a real good hockey player. He just hasn't put up the points this year. I mean, four four games out of six scoring is like you know, you'd, you'd really expect more than that. And, and we're talking about that as him being hot. So that's a bit concerning. But uh, you know, he's a real good hockey player, and he could break out at any time. Right, the minutes are there. That's that's the encouraging thing. He's averaging over 19 minutes a game now. I know that you know the, they count on him to place a bunch of shorthanded minutes too, which isn't ideal for for fantasy standards. But you you have to think of it. You know, at the World Cup, he averaged over a point a game, and I know he's playing with great players. But still, uh, you know, I expect more from Bergeron. I think fantasy owners, it, it, it might be time. And I know four points or four you know four games with at least a point out of his last six. You know, it's nothing to write home about. But at the same time, uh, I just wonder if you just throw out the first half of the year. Uh, you know, he finished the first half with a minus one, uh, a minus one rating. That's something he never, ever does. I think it's only happened one, one time in his career um, where he's finished as a minus player. That was back in 06, 07. Uh, but you know that you'll usually get solid plus minus. It's just a question of how much, you know, the Bruins can win because that obviously helps in that category and, and how influential he'll be. Uh, there, because even Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand slowed down after a hot start, uh, Michael. So uh, maybe you know, a second half of the year, the Bruins uh, need to make a run here if they want to make the playoffs, and uh, maybe they count on those two guys to get them going. But uh, I saw a game that, uh, last week uh, between the Bruins and the Oilers, and, and this one was kind of funny because uh, I like Patrick Maroon. I like you know, a big, strong guy uh, who has a little bit of talent. He can play, but all of a sudden. Uh, he goes into Boston, scores three goals, 
And uh, even, you know, he dropped the gloves with Zdeno Chara. I know he was hanging on for dear life, but uh, it's still five penalty minutes. And I know there's not a ton of people who own him in fantasy, Michael, but uh, it, he's started to score. <laughs> and he's playing with Connor McDavid. And, uh, you know, he had a stint with Leon Dreisaitl as well. But if he sticks with McDavid, I mean, you've got to start looking at him as, as a serious option here. Well, he has 16 goals. I mean, how many guys in the league have 16 goals? You yeah, know? not a ton. Not most of them. No, he's 23 points. He gets his minutes. He's playing with McDavid and he's playing with Dreisaitl. The three of them have been playing as a, as a first unit a lot. Yeah. Um, he, you know, it's... He, he seems to be the one clicking. It, it's not Milan Lucic, although whoever seems to play with McDavid clicks. <laughs> I think you and I might be able to play with Connor McDavid, Michael. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you anyway. But, uh, you know, he, Connor McDavid is a special player, and he makes everybody who plays with him that much better. You know, Lucic wanted to go to Edmonton just to play just because of Connor McDavid, and you see why. He... You know, Patrick Maroon should be owned in 100% of the leagues right now. If you're 100, in a, interesting. If you're in a three-people league, he should be owned by one of the three teams. Really? Well, if you're playing with McDavid, I mean, what else are you looking for? He's at 39. He's up 10% on Yahoo Leagues, Michael. He's up 10% in the last week. Mm-hmm. He's at 39% right now owned in, in, in fantasy leagues across Yahoo. Yeah, well, 61% of the leagues are... Uh, have a big <laughs> so you so you'd be all in because the one thing well not the one thing but he is scoring goals he's on pace to score over 30 mm-hmm. uh the points obviously the assists aren't there but plus 14 which fantasy owners are going to like and in 42 games you're talking about a guy who's picked up uh 50 penalty minutes so if you're playing with plus minus and penalty minutes he's interesting on that front as well because he is a big guy and he is a guy who, who doesn't shy away from contact. So not only are you getting the goals or decent goal production, you're also getting plus, minus, and penalty minutes. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The only pool I would not pick him up in is a goaltender's pool. If it's strictly <laughs> fine, you don't pick up Patrick Maroon. But every other pool he should be picked up in. I mean, it's so just ridiculous. With the stats you told me, a plus 14, 42 penalty minutes, what are you looking for? I, I guarantee you. He's in right now with with those stats overall. He's probably a top twenty player in the league. I last mean, three just... games, sorry, Michael. Last three games for Patrick Maroon. You're talking about uh, five goals, uh, five no assists, so five points, a plus five rating, and seven penalty minutes. He's played uh, at least seventeen minutes in each of those three games. So you know that the ice time is there and the production's been there as well. So you're all in on Patrick Maroon as long as he's playing with Connor McDavid, right? Right, but I mean, you were just talking about uh, Patrice Bergeron having points in four of his last six games and everyone should be picking him up. Yeah. Now you're telling me a guy's three games, five goals, plus five and seven penalty minutes, and 61% of the leagues don't have him? Yeah, that's I mean, shockingly no, low. I thought there'd be a little bit more movement. You know, I thought I, I, 10% in a week is an impressive jump. So, so there's 10% of people in Yahoo Leagues uh, who, have, who have made the move and have picked them up. But still, I, you know what? I was expecting to see that number a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make another point when you were talking about Bergeron and, and Marchand. Yes. Uh, a big problem there is Rask has been absolutely sensational this year. 
But their backup goalies have been horrible. They're one eight and two when Rask doesn't start, and they've got McIntyre up now. They, they they just can't get. They they had Subban up now. They just can't get a backup goalie who can play well and win. And you know that hurts your plus minus because you give up a bad goal, you give up a couple bad goals, and you're on the ice. You know, it counts against you, and you know it's not your fault. And I wrote about that in the crease. I write the in the crease column, as you know, Michael, for Roto World. It comes out every Saturday afternoon, um, and it's something I've written over the last couple of weeks. Is you know, Tuka Rask, the Boston Bruins. You know, they they haven't won necessarily a ton of games. I don't even think they're a playoff team as we speak. But he just the the, the backups, whether it be McIntyre, whether it be Hudobin, uh, whether it be um, Subban, who's also played. Uh, they just they can't get the job done, and to me, I think Boston is going to be in that playoff hunt down the stretch in the second half of this year. I don't think they're a slam dunk to make the playoffs, obviously, and that's going to count for something because Tuukka Rask might not win every start, but he's going to start more frequently than a lot of other goalies. Oh yeah, oh for sure, and uh, but that that'll hurt him down the stretch because he'll tire. Uh, I mean, it's it's a condensed schedule this year with the World Cup with. With the breaks, the the bye week that every team gets, every other now everything's condensed even more, and there's a lot of four game weeks and there's a bunch of five game weeks. I mean, there's been years where there's no five game weeks. I think this year there's going to be six five game weeks with uh, with with Carolina now getting a five game week at the end of the season because of their uh, postponement a couple weeks ago. Uh, I guess you know, Detroit, that yeah. You, you play, and Detroit has to play three games in three nights or three games in three days. Because of that, yeah, because of the ice. They, they had a problem with the ice in Carolina at the end of December. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that that's not great for, um, well, it's not great for stats because guys are tired, but it's really not great if you don't have a good backup goaltender because you get hurt by that. You know, if your backup goalie can't win, you're in big trouble. You're not making the playoffs. Absolutely. That's, that's a fair point, and um, you saw the, you know, it's funny. People were kind of laughing at it, but the Montreal Canadiens re-signed Al Montoya, and I know everyone's going to point to uh, Al Montoya giving up ten goals to Columbus. We all know that wasn't his fault earlier this season. But the Canadians have found a solid backup goalie in the game of two-year extension. So uh, finding backup goalies, you know, you'd think it's not that hard, but uh, the Boston Bruins haven't figured it out yet, and it's not an easy job. You know, it's not an easy job for for these guys because they don't play a lot. And the more your starter plays, you might like that in the short-term fantasy-wise, but long-term, uh, it might be a bit of a problem. Uh, hey, Michael, we were talking about Patrick Maroon before, uh, who's uh, still owned in under 40% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, another guy who's actually owned uh, in under 50% uh, of Yahoo leagues, he's just at 49%, Matthew Kachuk. And I know you and I, we often disagree about the Calder Trophy and whatnot, and, and we, we don't see eye to eye on that. But I think we both agree that even though he was taken sixth overall, uh, we weren't expecting this uh, 18-year-old or, or somebody who just recently turned 19 uh, to pick it up and to play as well as he has been in his rookie season. Um, right now, Michael, it's a point streak. Uh, as we speak of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games uh, there's one goal in those nine games, but still, he's picking up the assists. 
Uh, he is now up to 7 goals, 25 points in 38 games. He's plus 10. And the interesting stat for me, 74 penalty minutes in 38 games. He's making a case, Michael. He's making a case to be owned in standard leagues uh, across the board. Oh, he should be owned in standard leagues. If you play penalty minutes, you, you own him because his 25 points make everything. You know, I mean, that's just such a great bonus. And the plus 10 is such a great bonus. He, he is he is like his dad because his well his dad was a great scorer but his dad could put up over 200 minutes as well and uh, his dad was a great great fantasy player and he reminds me exactly of that the style is very similar uh, bigger guys who can play because uh, you know even he's on pace for 51 points uh, as of right now Michael but you know for a 19 year old. That's impressive at the NHL level. You know, you're not talking about the the can't miss guys like uh, like I know he was a top ten pick, but you're not talking about Matthews and Line a here. You're talking about a guy drafted a little bit later. Most people didn't even expect him to play in the NHL this year, and uh, here he is. He's going to finish the year as a 19 year old, and uh, if things continue the way they're going, uh, you're looking at over 50 points. Uh, so that's interesting on that end. So, uh, but l- let's talk about some negative performances now. Uh, we've spoken about uh, some guys who have. Uh, who have brought more value than we had expected. Uh, I know you have a very strong opinion on this player, so I can't wait to hear it from you again. Uh, Michael Bodker, this is a player that a lot of teams were going after on July 1st. He was an unrestricted free agent, uh, was traded last year at the deadline from Arizona to Colorado, uh, hit the market, signed in San Jose, and everybody loved it because he can bring some speed to that lineup. It just really hasn't worked out. He's been a colossal flop. He sure has, huh? I mean, I, I took him in my pool, and I've been extremely disappointed. Uh, he scored his third goal of the season on, on Saturday, three goals in the first half of the season from someone who had, not that he was a goal scorer because he scored only 17 last year, but he had 51 points. I think he's up to eight already. They made him a healthy scratch this past week. Uh, it's just pretty sad to see how poorly he's playing in San Jose. And regularly around that 13-minute mark uh, for Bodker. Look, I, I know it's difficult sometimes when you change, you know, three cities in less than a, in essentially less than six months. But is there any chance in your mind that maybe the healthy scratch wakes him up? Because, like you said, he did score uh, in the following game after he was healthy scratch. Is there any chance that in the second half of the year he can salvage his season? Or would you cut bait at this point and maybe drop Bodker and pick up Maroon if he's available in your league? I mean, if that's your choice, that's a no-brainer. But, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, of course he can bounce back. He scored 51 points two years in his career. It's, uh, you know, he's done it before. And, guy, you know, most players are streaky. You know, they get on a hot streak for a couple of weeks and they pick up all their points. Uh, for sure he's capable, but... Right now, there are way better options out there for in in practically every league. Uh, you'd have to be. Did a, you drop so did you drop him? Yeah, I would drop him right now. But you said you drafted him. Did you drop him? No, no, I haven't actually. But oh, you haven't. <laughs> and uh, reserve squad, so I can just I can wait and see on him. Right. <laughs> so uh, another guy, I, I know a lot of people on Twitter uh, had approached me about one player in particular, and that's Kyle Poso. And I know that people, the patients, you know, be, you said the worst thing to do is be impatient and to make uh, panic moves in fantasy hockey. I agree with that. But uh, a lot of people just <laughs> they don't seem to be uh, very patient. Obviously, his first year in Buffalo, so another guy 
um, who's you know uh, adjusting to his new surroundings. But finally, uh, it looks like he's starting to show uh, a little bit of consistency after going uh, five, six games uh, without a point or five games without a point uh, in late December. Uh, he's, he's on Saturday. His, his four-game point streak came to an end. But still, you're looking at a guy who scored in three three of his last five games and a guy who's starting to produce. Buffalo don't score a ton of goals, but in the last week, he's been over 20 minutes quite regularly. Kyle Poso, a guy that you're kind of circling as a bounce-back candidate, maybe even better, a better option than Patrice Bergeron, who we spoke about before? Well, I, I like Poso because of the talent that's surrounding him in Buffalo. You know, the... There's an Eichel, there's a Reinhardt, there's an Evander Kane, there's a Rist- there's a uh, Ristolainen is back on the point. Uh, they got a lot of talent back there, and he knows how to score. He's a good, very good power play player. There's a lot of talent, so I don't know if I'd like him more than Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron gets more minutes. There's more opportunity for him. Bergeron has Pasternak. You know, he has some talent there, too. But... I mean, really, both those players shouldn't be on your waiver wire. You know, you might be trading for both of, for either one of them. And I think I'd rather take a chance right now on Bergeron just because I think Boston's a better team this season than Buffalo is. But, you know, you, you can't really go wrong with either one. So uh, Bergeron owned in 86% of fantasy leagues in Yahoo. Uh, Kyle Poso at 85%, Michael. So obviously, uh, these are guys who are most likely not going to be on the uh, on the waiver wire, but it's guys that maybe you think about uh, buying low. And uh, so just two interesting names to keep an eye on, guys who are maybe you know starting to come around and uh, slowly starting to produce. Uh, Michael, I know uh, time is winding down, but uh, we always take a few Twitter questions. And uh, I know uh, Matthew Vano on Twitter, a guy who's, uh, who's, who I'm in contact with online quite a bit, he has some good questions. Every couple of weeks, you know, he'll he'll send me a message and whatnot. And he actually sent me two this week, and uh, wondering if we can get to both of those. And I know we've kind of touched on one in the last couple of weeks, but we'll go back there. Uh, so he asked me. Matthew asked me. He says he was offered Jonathan. Uh, he was offered Nikolai Ehlers for Jonathan Taves. He says Taves is coming his way. What do we think? No. I had the same reaction. We've spoken about this. In the last couple of weeks, I know we have, but Jonathan Taze is a bigger name and he's more useful um, for the Chicago Blackhawks than he is in any fantasy league, correct? Correct. Correct. Uh, Either's a real good hockey player. If it's a one-year league, uh, no, but for sure if it's a keeper league, there's no way. You're not interested. I'm not interested either way, to, to be honest with you. I think there's more a fantasy upside uh, when it comes to Ehlers. And I, I completely understand that the Chicago Blackhawks would not deal Jonathan Taze for Nikolai Ehlers. But at the same time, we're talking from a, a fantasy right. point of view. And I think that uh, we're on the same page there. Uh, his second question to us, Michael, and uh, we'll get to it very quickly here. Marcus Johansson of the Washington Capitals or Connor Sheary, who is Sidney Crosby's line mate. Uh, it's, uh, he says it's a standard league, standard categories, uh, in that case, Marcus Johansson or Connor Sheary? I know Johansson got off to a hot start. Still, he's he's on pace for almost 30 goals, almost 60 points. I'd lead Johansson because I'm just not sure if Sheary's going to finish the year with Crosby. Where would you lean? Uh, really, I, I would lean to Sheary. 
Um, oh, we disagree. Okay, I like that. Yeah, um, you know, Marcus Johansson's a nice hockey player, but if you're trying to win it, you, you go all in. And, you know, Johansson will get you his point. I mean, he's, he's really been a mid-40s player. He got off to a really hot start, but I think he's regressed to where he's gone back to where he usually scores, you know, that his point his point pace. Um, Sherry's playing with, with Crosby. Sherry's been playing very well with Crosby. The Penguins have three really good lines, and while they might switch him up a little bit, uh, I think he's. I think Crosby's found a nice line mate in Sheary, and I would go with Potter with one end. All right, <laughs> very nice, Connor with one end. I like it. Uh, and you know what, Michael? When, whenever I'm writing, it's funny that you say the Connor with one end. Just a little side note: whenever uh, I'm on, I'm online on Roto World and I'm writing, I always, whenever it's a Connor, McDavid, Sheary, whomever. Murphy, whatever it is, I always have to double check because I never remember which one has two ends and which one has one. Uh, First world problems, I guess. hundred percent. I, I agree. I do the same thing. <laughs> You're listening to the Roto World Hockey Podcast with uh, Joey Alfieri and Michael Finewax of RotoWorld.com. Uh, Michael, uh, final thoughts. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Anything that stand out this week? I know you've got a week ahead column that kind of comes out, uh, I believe it's towards the end of every week, but is there anything that kind of stands out in your mind? Uh, no, it's, you know, there's a, it's a interesting week that I think there's five, six teams that are playing twice because of the NHL bye week now. So they're off till Thursday. You get five, you have to have once the season, you get five days off in a row and, Players go away. For, you're not allowed on the ice for five straight days. It's starting now. You know, so you, teams that play four times, you get a real advantage. Absolutely, with those players. And uh, just a little note. So as I mentioned before, uh, I'm looking forward. To, I wrote about this on Saturday in the In the Crease column. I'm really, really looking forward to see how John Gibson, you know, now the, the expectation this year with Frederick Anderson gone Uh, He was the guy who was supposed to take the bull by the horns. He was supposed to be the undisputed number one. Jonathan Bernier has looked better than him at times. But finally, he started to string some wins together. And uh, he was my lead fantasy play for the week uh, as a goalie. Uh, Four games this week for the Anaheim Ducks. So home to Dallas at Colorado, which is a great matchup, even if it's on the road, at Arizona, which is another great matchup, even though it's on the road, and then at home to St. Louis. So I'm expecting big things from John Gibson. You can read all about it at rotoworld.com. My in-decrease column uh, is up. Michael, uh, it's been a lot of fun. If people want to hit us up throughout the week, if they have questions that they want answered, they can find you, mfinewaxhockey, on Twitter. At rotoworld underscore hockey is the main account. And uh, at Joey Alfieri is mine. Michael, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you as always. Thank you, Joey. Great time. This has been the Roto World Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week. Have a good one, everybody.